one single exchange in history stands tall. Our world changed forever. One man's life for the future of all. The exchange of God's son for the sin of the world. Death into life. God's plan for righteousness unfurled. As dark becomes light. Sorrow becomes joy. Freedom from chains, hope that fear can no longer destroy. Accepted, not rejected. For God sent his son. That our future could change. And this is the great exchange. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's um, always a great uh, joy to be here in Kingsgate, and uh, it, what a, an honor to come along today of all days. It's fantastic to be here with you. Thank you for your welcome. Today is uh, significant for two reasons. First of all, this is Giving Day, and uh, I am so excited about the vision of Kingsgate. I, I, I just, I was, I've been following everything that's been happening online, and I tell you, this is such a key day in the life of this church and for the future as well. So this is a, a really significant day for that. It's also sig significant because I'm here. Uh, okay, actually, I didn't mean that. But anyway, uh, actually, it's significant because we're beginning a teaching series today called The Great Exchange. The Great Exchange. And I have the honor of bringing the first part in that uh, series. Uh, what I want to do is give you a bit of a, an introduction to the series, introduce the concept and then I want to talk a little more about the generosity of the cross. That's what I want to focus our thoughts on for a few moments this morning. Um, when you hear the word exchange, I wonder what comes into your mind, exchange. I think about the watch that I bought probably about a year ago, and I really loved it. It was a wonderful watch. It looked great. It had lots of little gadgets on it. But after a few weeks, I noticed that there was a particular problem with this watch, was that it didn't really tell the time very well. Um, so it did everything else but tell the time. So I took the watch back to the place where I bought it, and I said, uh, can you fix it? They said, well, uh, not, not really. They, I, they said, but you can exchange it. But they didn't have the same watch that I had bought, so they said, you can exchange it for a similar watch of a similar value. And so I got another watch, I had an exchange, and to be honest with you, to be really honest with you, I was really disappointed because the new watch was not as good as the old watch that I had got. And sometimes an exchange is a disappointing thing. Let me give you another illustration. I was sitting on an airplane, I was just about, we were just about to fly, it was a long flight, I'm sitting in economy class, like the humble guy that I normally am, sitting in economy class, suffering for Christ and all that, and uh, as I'm sitting there, suddenly, this woman came running down the aisle and she said, are you Roy Todd? Are you Roy Todd? And I said, um, I th think so, yeah. And uh, she said, that's amazing, she said, because, she said, I got an upgrade, uh, in, in the first, by the way, this woman had heard me preach somewhere, probably Kingsgate or something like that, I don't know. Anyway, she said, I heard you preach. And she said, I, I got upgraded into first class. But as I took my seat in first class, God spoke to me and said, this seat is not for you. You've got to give this to somebody else. And she said, and then I saw you walking past and the Holy Spirit said, it's Roy. Todd, so, so would you like it? Now, how many of you know that sometimes you've just got to suffer for Christ and... and 
and take its measure and get on with it. So I said, well, I, actually, I said to her, I'm really happy here. You, you take the blessing of it. No, 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 no. I insist. We, I must give it to you. So she exchanged her first class seat for my economy class seat. I went into first class. I sat down and it was wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Um, and actually, I, I, to be honest with you, I felt a bit guilty uh, uh, for about a minute. And then, <laughs> and then I loved it, all right? That was a good exchange. One was a disappointing exchange. One was a good exchange. But the title of this series is called The Great Exchange. And this is about the exchange that was made at the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a, a great exchange that happened. He paid the price the full price, a price that only he could have paid so that you and I could experience his love. And that's what this teaching series is all about. If you were to compare this exchange to like a business deal, then you would have to conclude that this was a very bad business deal, certainly for one of the parties. One of the parties pays a very high cost and the other receives a huge benefit in this deal. This sermon title, I guess, could be called The Worst Deal Ever. And God paid a massive price, and he did it because he loved us. And you and I are the beneficiaries of this great exchange. Anybody happy for that today? We are the beneficiaries of everything that Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. And today, we're going to talk for a few minutes about the generosity of the cross, which is an apt theme, given that this is Giving Sunday, Giving Day. Now, I want to look at a verse for, for a moment or two. They say that it's the most well-known verse in the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16. The problem with verses like this is that a lot of people know them, but familiarity breeds contempt. We, we read it, we think we know it. I have to tell you, this verse is immense. This is huge. This verse really summarizes what this teaching series is all about. It highlights the extent of the exchange that took place. Look at it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Let's just stop there for a second before we go any further. Look at the word loved. Can you see that? For God so loved the world. This was a different kind of love. This is not soppy, sentimental love. This is not merely emotional love, though love does involve emotions, but this is far more profound than that. This is the Greek word agape. Agape simply means selfless, sacrificial love. This was love that really cost something. For God so loved the world. My old grandfather, when he used to preach about this verse, he would always say that that word world is just too big for me. I can't get my head around that one. So what helps is if you bring it right close to home and put your name in there. For God so loved Roy Todd. For God so loved Dave Smith. For God so loved you that he gave. He gave. Now that is the manifestation of love. He gave. Catherine, uh, uh, it was Amy Carmichael, who, who was the Irish missionary, and she once said that you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Giving is the overflow of a heart of love. If I say, I love you, that has got to involve giving. And this is exactly what Jesus demonstrated for us on the cross. When he was on that cross, in a sense, he was looking back to those who had gone before 
But he was also looking forward as well. And this is crucially important that we get this. When Jesus was suffering on that cross, he was looking forward. In a sense, he could see us today in this room. And he said, for those people in Kingsgate and for everybody watching, it's worth it. It's worth it for me to give everything so that you can be saved, so that you can experience his love. It was worth it to pay that price at the cross. In a sense, giving is a prophetic act. I suppose that's what's happening on Giving Day. Today is a day of prophecy over the life of Kingsgate. We're sowing a seed, and that seed will have massive implications into the future of this church and into the lives of many, many thousands of people who aren't even here today, who probably wouldn't even think of being with us today, but their lives are going to be massively impacted because of the seed that is sown in the life of Kingsgate. Did anybody encouraged about that? This, this is exciting. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he paid a huge price. I want to give you five very simple reasons why the cross was the greatest act of generosity the world has ever seen. Here's number one. You'll see them on the screen. Because at the cross, Jesus took our failures and exchanged them for his forgiveness. I love that. He took our failures. Think about that. He took our failures. The times when we've messed up, the times when we've said the wrong thing, the times when we've done the wrong thing, the times when we have totally and utterly messed up. I guess that if all of us were honest today, we would all say that at some point or other in our lives, we have messed up. We have done that which is wrong because the Bible tells us that all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. So when Jesus died on the cross, he took our failures. He took our failures and he covered over our failures. He covered over our shame. He covered over our blame. He covered over our mistakes. He said, this is the price. This is the price that I'm willing to pay so that you don't have to live in shame anymore, so that you don't have to live in blame anymore, so that you don't have to live in those mistakes that you made in your past. This is the extent of God's forgiveness that's available for us today. Sometimes as Christians, we say that, um, you know, when we get forgiven, that means that God forgets our past. He forgets our sins, and I hear the heart of that, but strictly speaking, that's not entirely correct. God does not forget our past, because forgetfulness is a human frailty. How many forgetful people do we have here in Kings? Well, you've probably forgotten the question all uh, ready. We have a, I'm very forgetful myself. I forget everything. You see, forgetfulness is a human frailty, and God does not have those kinds of frailties. So he doesn't forget our sins, but he chooses to do something far better than that. He actually chooses never to remember our sins against us anymore. Anybody happy about that? That's the extent of God's love for us. This is what Psalm 103 verses 10 and 12 to 12 says. He says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, 
So far has he removed our transgressions from us. This is forgiveness. This is real forgiveness. He chooses never to remember it against us anymore. I remember, I remember speaking one night at a dignitaries meeting. This was up in the north of England. They invited all the local dignitaries to come along. And uh, the mayor was there and the local MP was there. And there was another local politician, very well known in that area, who was there. And they were all dressed in suits. And to be honest with you, that night, and any preacher will tell you this, that night I don't think that I preached very well. In fact, I think that qu- happens quite regularly. But all my jokes were falling flat and nobody was laughing. And it was just a really kind of, uh, you know, tough, uh, tough uh, event to speak at. Anyway, at the end, one of the local politicians came over and he, he said to me, I want a word with you. And I thought, oh dear, I'm in trouble. I've probably said something wrong or I've done something wrong. He said, I want a word with you. So anyway, we went into the pastor's office and I thought, here we go. He's going to give it to me. I've said something wrong. And I was talking about forgiveness that night. He said, actually, he said, I enjoyed what you said tonight, which was a relief to me. I said, that's great news for both you and I. I said, he said, "Um, I enjoyed your message. But I said, he said, I've got a problem. I don't think God could forgive me. And I said, well, would you care to explain that? Well, he said, well, I wouldn't have enough time to explain it to you because if, if you really knew what I was like, you would conclude also that God couldn't forgive me. This man had all the appearance of dignity and so on. So I said, well, try me. And for the next few minutes, he began to pour out his heart, telling me about things that he'd done in his life. And it was genuinely shocking stuff. And then he said to me, now, do you think that God can forgive me? And I said, sir, I said, that's shocking to me. But let me tell you about God. He knows the sins that you don't even know you've committed. He's more aware of you than you're aware of you. I said, and if you'll just come tonight and say, Lord, will you forgive me? And just to accept his grace, he will gladly give it to you tonight. And I will never forget it as long as I live. That well-known politician in the area, he got on his knees, he cried like a baby, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. How many know that that's the grace of God? And I want to encourage all of us today, forgiveness is available for you. You don't have to live in your past. You can live in God's future. Here's the second reason why the cross was the greatest act of generosity the world has ever Sin, because at the cross, Jesus took our guilt and exchanged it for his glory. What an incredible statement. Think about it. He paid the price. He paid the cost. He was the sacrifice for all the things that you and I have ever done, said, thought that are wrong. He took it on his own body, and then he wants to replace our past with his future. He turns our mess into a message. He takes what the devil has meant for bad and he turns it right around and uses it for good. And he is able to restore us to beyond our former glory, to to beyond even what Adam was at before the fall in the Garden of Eden. He wants to restore us to beyond our former glory. I've got this friend And he's one of these guys, he takes old cars, maybe a 40, 50-year-old car, and he will bring it into his garage, and he will work at it, and work at it, and work at it, and replace the engine, and all the exterior, and all the interior, and everything about it. And by the time he's finished with it, that old car will look brand new, probably look even better than what it was when it was in the garage in the first place. 
He restores it. And the thing about God is that he doesn't just want to restore us to our former glory, but he wants to restore us to beyond our former glory. He wants to adopt us as his children, as sons and daughters of the living God. What an incredible statement. If this is true, if what I'm saying to you is true, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for your life? It means that you can be a child of God today. This is incredible. He took our guilt and he exchanged it for his glory. And it is his glory that changes us. This is the incredible thing. This is why this is exciting. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 tells us that. It says that we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing, increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. That's how God changes us. He changes us by his glory. By wrapping his glory around us, he makes us more like Jesus. I don't change myself by trying to change myself. I am not very good at changing myself. I, I, you know, how many of you made a, a New Year's uh, resolution? This year, I'm not going to eat any chocolate. This is a personal testimony now. This year, I'm not going to eat any chocolate. And then January the 1st comes, and, 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 and you kind of you know, you, you struggle through the day. You know, it's tough. It's difficult. You're sweating, you know, all that sort of thing. And, and then January the 2nd comes. And what happens by January the 2nd? You have more chocolate in that one morning than what you had in the whole of the last year. We find it very difficult to change. And the Holy Spirit recognizes this and says, here's the deal. If you'll come to me and you'll surrender to grace, then it is my glory that will change you. And he wants to change us from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. This is how he changes us. And this was accomplished for us at the cross. All paid for by Jesus. All by his sacrifice on the cross. I'm really grateful for Jesus today. Anybody else? I am so grateful for the cross. Here's the third reason I want to tell you why the cross was the greatest act of generosity that the world has ever seen. Because at the cross, Jesus took our hurts and he exchanged them for his healing. What an amazing thought. He took our hurts and he exchanged them for his healing. When Jesus died on the cross, he poured out his grace, you see. He poured it out. He poured it out. And it wasn't that he poured it out in a sort of a limited way, but in an unlimited, measureless. You couldn't measure the grace that he poured out. He poured it out. And that means that that grace is not only able to forgive us, but that grace is able to heal us. Whatever healing you need today, there is grace for you. You don't have to live in the wounds of disappointment. And how many people are living in the wounds of disappointment? Somebody let you down or said something that, that, that let you down. How many of us are living in those wounds? You know there's grace today for healing for those who are living in the wounds of disappointment. Or what about the wounds of offense? Somebody said something and maybe they were insensitive. Maybe they meant it. Maybe they didn't mean it. But we took offense and, and we're really angry about it. But there is enough grace today for you to walk out of this place and live in the grace of God's healing. Jesus has paid the price. You don't need to live in that place of offense. You can live in the place of God's grace. There is healing for relationships. There's healing for our hearts. There's healing for our minds. There's healing even for our bodies today. I believe this with all my heart. I don't understand everything about divine healing. I would never claim to do that, but I do know that we serve a God who heals people today. I believe it with all my heart. 
And if we will dare to believe our God, and I believe that this is significant for Kingsgate, I want us to believe for a greater manifestation of the miraculous than we've ever seen before. More healings, more signs and wonders, more incredible miracles that only Jesus can get the glory for. Anybody say amen to this today? That's the kind of thing we want to see. I think that's part of the vision of Kingsgate. We want to take healing into our everyday lives, into the office, into school, into college, into work, into your family. We've got that grace dwelling within us, and we can take that grace everywhere we go and help others to experience it. Here's what it says in Isaiah 53 verse 5, and this was a prophetic passage from the Bible written 700 years before the events of the cross. And Isaiah prophesied, and he talks about Jesus, and he says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that bought us Peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Anybody glad for this today? This is the power of the cross. There's healing that's available for every single one of us. Lean into God's grace. I want to encourage you today, whatever your need is, whatever you're going through in your life, maybe you've come here to Kingsgate today, maybe you're watching, you've come from circumstances that are just so tough and so complicated, just lean into God's grace. That's what God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. All you need, you don't need to have all the answers, you just need to rely on the grace that was poured out at the cross. Here's the fourth reason why the cross was the greatest act of generosity the world's ever seen, because at the cross, Jesus took our worthlessness and he exchanged it for his worthiness. His worthiness for Jesus to purchase forgiveness. And I want you to think about this. For Jesus to purchase our forgiveness, it cost him everything. When God spoke the word and creation came into being, as amazing, as mesmerizing as it is, it didn't cost God anything to do it. When he spoke the word and the stars came into the sky, however that happened, it didn't cost him anything to do it. When he said, let it be, and life happened, and and plants and trees and wildlife was formed, as amazing as all of those things are, but it didn't cost him anything to do it. But for you and I to experience his love and his forgiveness and his peace, it cost him everything. That's the extent of God's love for you. This is not cheap love. This is the real deal. This is God taking our worthlessness and replacing it with his worthiness. And that means that we can be free. All of us can live in God's incredible freedom, no matter what you're going through. Freedom is not about what's going on around you on the outside. It's about what's going on in your heart. I remember preaching in the city of Lahore in Pakistan a few years ago, and uh, I was really nervous about going into this church, because when you went into this church, big church, maybe 5,000 people in it, And when you went into this church, you had to go through like airport detector machines. All the bags and everything had to go through that. And, uh, you know, there was a steward at the door and he would shake your hand with one hand. He was holding a gun on the other hand. I'm thinking, I hope we don't see a manifestation of that gun uh, today. I mean, this was just unbelievable. And I remember sitting on the stage in that church and I was frightened. And then the worship time began. And what happened in those moments changed my life. In the midst of this situation where people are coming to church at at, at great risk. Every time they come to church, something could happen. But there they were praising God. There was a 
freedom in that place. I had n- I've never experienced anything like it in my life. People were worshiping and praising. And that's the point. When Jesus sets us free, we are free indeed. The devil can't stop us from being free. Don't ever let the devil try to intimidate you or bully you into not being free. We are free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. You are free in your heart today. He wants to free us. He wants to live in that freedom because he's clothed us in his worthiness. There's Luke chapter 4 verse 18, the words of Jesus, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. You know what poor means there, by the way? You know what poor means? It means nothing to offer. It means Jesus came to preach good news to people who could offer him nothing. This is a statement of the power of the gospel. This is this massive exchange that took place at the cross. Some people think, hey, if I do so many good works or, or like live a good life, that somehow that's going to score me points with God and then somehow I can earn my way into his presence. This thinking is just as wrong as wrong can be. There is literally nothing that we can offer God. He has paid the price. He poured out his grace at the cross so that if we'll simply trust in his grace, we can experience this good news for ourselves. And I'm glad the gospel's good news. Not bad news, not sad news, not melancholic news. This is good news because it means that we can be free. He came to set captives free. He came to, to bring healing and wholeness and well-being. He's come to give us a vision about reaching a generation for Jesus Christ in Kingsgate. He's come to, you know, we are good news bringers. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I love that verse. How beautiful are the feet I love that verse. The feet. The feet. I mean, you can do things with the face to make it look better as I try to do it. You can do things with it, but the, I haven't seen a decent looking pair of feet yet. But he says, how beautiful are the feet. The irony of the statement is, is mesmerizing. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You may think that you've got not, not a lot to offer. Listen, when you've got the grace of God dwelling within your heart, you have everything to offer. And today, this giving day is, a, is an outpouring of the grace of giving. That's exactly what's happening here in Kingsgate today. We can't contain this. We won't stay silent. We're going to go and reach people like never before. I believe that this is what God wants us to know today. And here's the final thing, the final reason I want to give you why the cross was the greatest act of generosity the world's ever seen because at the cross Jesus took our selfishness and he exchanged it for his selflessness. 1 Peter 3.18 tells us this, that for Christ also suffered once for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. He was the righteous, we were the unrighteous to bring you to God. I am so glad for the grace of God Today. And you know what happens? You know when you get a revelation of this grace that God has poured out, it just makes you want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want, I want his grace to flow through me so that I can learn this grace of generosity, this grace of giving. I don't want to be tight. I don't want to keep it to myself. I don't want to be tight with my encouragement. If somebody needs to be encouraged, I want to speak encouragement. If somebody needs a, needs a word of of faith into their life. God, may I bring that word of faith into their life. I don't want to be tight with my money. I I want my money to be God's money. I want God to use this to do incredible things with it. Tell you a quick story. 
I've always practiced tithing. It's personal conviction. I've done it for many, many years. A few years ago, I went through a tough financial experience in my life. And um, I prayed to God and I said, hey, Lord, would you mind if I had some time off this whole tithing malarkey? And um, it was like the Holy Spirit said, well, what do you think? And I did not like that answer because <laughs> I knew exactly what the Holy Spirit was saying in that moment. He was saying, no, you got to keep doing it. Personal story. So I kept doing it. I kept tithing. And I went to a pastor's meeting one day and uh, it was an awful boring meeting. I'm being honest with you. Even the mice were throwing themselves into the traps during this meeting. It was... <laughs> And I was sitting there, and I was mad at God. And I'm saying, I'm doing all the right things, and I don't have any money. And I, I was in a bit of a bad mood with God that day. That's the truth. Anyway, in the halftime coffee break, a man came to speak to me. He was a pastor. I didn't know him. He didn't know me very well. But he came to me, and he said, you know what? He said, I was my wife and I were praying for you um, last night, and the Holy Spirit spoke to us and said, we've got to bless Roy Todd. So they said, so here's a little gift for you. And they give me an envelope into my hand. Now, don't you just love those little envelopes you get in church? And when they give me that envelope, I was desperate to open it, but I knew I couldn't because there's no dignity in that, is there? So I went straight to the toilet. And, uh, and you know what? I opened that envelope, and in there, there was a check that was way beyond. If I tell you, that was way beyond anything that I would have tithed for the whole year. And God said, you just keep doing the right thing. And you do what you can, and I'll do what you can't. This is the grace of giving. We give. We give not because we have to give. Jesus didn't go to the cross because he had to die for us. He did it because he loved us. We give because we love. We love because God's love is manifested in our hearts. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son I'm grateful for Jesus today. I'm grateful for the grace that he's given to all of us. We are the recipients of his grace, his forgiveness. We have received his peace. We've received his love. We've received his freedom. And today, there's a wonderful opportunity for us to manifest, to ex exercise the grace of giving, to bless generations that are yet to come. Some of us are going to give today, and maybe we will get to see this, the harvest on the seed that we sow. You know what? That's okay. Heaven knows, and as long as we do the right thing, God will take it and use it and do amazing things with it.